0: Hey, how's everybody doing this morning? You doing good? Hey, can we put our hands together just one more time for all of our first guests, those joining us online today? Uh, Eric and I wanna take a few minutes just to talk through some um, just quick announcements and things that we need to work through as we push towards the end of the year and uh, look to the beginning of this new year. We decided to do this in matching outfits today, so. um, (laughs) we didn't know. I didn't know how this happened because I was up before her. So, um, But uh, anyways, uh, we want to take just a few minutes and uh, work through some really important um, uh, changes that are happening around here and things that we are looking forward to. And uh, one of those things, and then she's going to chime in uh, where she needs to and uh, talk to us a little bit about our uh, year-end giving as well and getting on a team and everything like that. So over the past uh, little while... Many of you have heard us talking about a fourth service. Come on, show hands. How many of you have heard us talk about the fourth service and what's necessary? This is our 915 service. This is our earliest service, and if you look around, um, it's, it's full. Uh, even, in, uh, even in a season like this where people are running around and got a lot going on, it's a full service, and we're, we're, so, we're so pumped for that. Um, one of the things that we need to understand is that as a church, our desire isn't to be a large church for the sake of being a large church. You all with me? Um, our, our, um, our desire is formed by our theology And our theology tells us that we are called, commissioned, and commanded to continue to reach people Y'all with me? Um, and that is, that is who we're supposed to be as Christians um, I know the term evangelical gets a bad rap right now And uh, let's just move that term aside and just call ourselves evangelists uh, pro- proclamation of the gospel come on somebody is what it is that we're supposed to do and so yeah it's all right come on you can get excited about that and uh, and so many of you we shared on team night and we're going to share it right now uh, you want to tell us how many people said yes to Jesus this year do you remember?
1: Um, I believe it was 937 yep <laughs> come on, come on. Come on.
0: Yeah. 937 people said yes to Jesus this year come on. We gave away uh, in that we gave away over a thousand Bibles this year. Um, we've had 400, 400 plus people attend our grow class. We've graduated uh, seventy plus people from our foundations class. And listen, you can be like, "Oh, those are numbers." That you know, wh- why are you talking about that? Because every number is associated with a story. And those represent some just things for us to be able to qualify and wrap our our minds around. And so with that, with these full services, we've been trying to figure out how we're going to do this. What is this going to look like? And so we've been uh, conversing about a fourth uh, service. And as we've talked about it and looked at it and figured out the best way to steward uh, people, at the end of the day, come on, we have an amazing team that makes this thing happen every single week. Come on, can we put our hands together for our teams? Um. Erica and I are not getting younger, Um, and and, uh, three services on our pastoral team, our staff, and our teams as a whole, uh, begins to get weightier and weightier, and so we know that when a fourth service was conversed about, everybody's eyes lit up, and we're like, all right, we're going to do this, we're going to fight through this, and so uh, we started looking at different things, Uh, we explored the theater over here, Um, that theater is going to cost about $5 million in renovation. Uh, plus a lease rate to attach to that and that's a lot of money and uh, by the time that we start looking at dollars and cents like that uh, the wisest move for us as a church is to just purchase our own land and build our own building and so this year our board and our team is going to be moving us in the direction of a very concerted effort to do that and uh, you'll be hearing a lot about that at the beginning of the year and as we move into vision season and legacy and everything like that but with that it caused us to really look at things and so we decided with all of these variables in place Uh, we've decided to step outside of the box with how we're going to do this. And so uh, we've decided, uh, working uh, specifically with our Pastor Seth and Devon and our worship team, uh, right across the hallway we have right now what is known as the Hub. Uh, We are going to be turning that into what we're going to be now calling is our second auditorium. And what's going to be happening is we are going to be running two simultaneous services at the same time. We're going to have a live worship team over there, a live worship team in here. They're going to be connected via technology. You will have live pastors over there, live service coordinators over there. Uh, The only thing that will be different in that room is that when the teaching comes on, the teaching will be on the screen in there. This is not overflow. It is a mirrored service with the same passion and intensity that you get in here. Okay? Okay? This is effectively going to allow us, that room will seat anywhere from about 250 to 300 adults. And so it's gonna enable us to grow by about 250 to 300 adults every single service. And the cool thing is is that we can mirror this in every service uh, that we have. Effectively being able to do six services on the weekend without changing a service time. And so uh, it's gonna enable us to steward this a whole lot better and so we're really excited about that so we ask that you just be praying for our worship team and uh, be praying for us but we feel like this <laughs> um, th- they're in- entering into a whole new video game like it's the matrix for them and so um, uh, it's going to be wild but I-, I just ask that you would just be praying and considering uh, your involvement in that Erica will you just talk to us a little bit about team and some of that stuff that, uh, that is needed right now as we aim towards the beginning of the
1: year Yeah, um, I think obviously with every uh, next step uh, it takes resource, both financial and people, right? Yeah. And so uh, we are obviously just believing that God will supply all that. So if you've yet to join a team, I would strongly encourage and ask that you also take the mission and the mandate of not just the well, but Jesus, yeah. and get on a team, serve the guests coming in our door. We had over 1,900, just like first-time first-time guests. In the last year yep so that's that second auditorium actually last year was our our original auditorium one year ago and then we expanded and we thought look how much more space we have and then that lasted like six months and so um, you know it's just gonna take us all stretching and growing and expanding and asking God you know where am I supposed to be connected and Every single area of our ministry is so vitally important. Um, From the parking lot, y'all have been greeted out there. How nice is it to have someone saying hello to you before you even walk in the door, right? To our security team, to our kids' teams, I mean, they just all have uh, such an amazing part in this place, and so I just encourage you, don't even just pray, don't pray about it, just do it, okay? Do it, and then ask God to show up in it, (laughs) and he will in our yes, you know, so just want to encourage you to do that, and then um, it's going to cost us $300,000 to outfit that room in order to get the technology to do that, which all of us are like, oh my gosh, for technology, yes, and so we're just believing that that's already here and in the house. And we do have some of that that can come out of legacy. And so we're still believing, though, for a good portion or maybe all of it to come in in the next few weeks through just end of your giving or maybe God lays it on your heart and says you can be a part of that. And so I just want to encourage you to just pray. You can pray about that. That's fine. You can ask God. You know, how would you like me to participate in this? But I would just encourage you to be brave and be bold. This is a step we weren't planning on taking. You know, we weren't planning on coming and standing before you and being like, you know what, we can all do this together. But we only can think about so many things. And we only know so many people. So you know what you can do. We don't know what everyone can do. So here we are standing in front of you and saying, guys, let's do this together. Yep. Please don't make our team and our staff be the only ones thinking creatively around here. Like, come get involved, get connected to the vision that is the well. Yeah. You love it. We love it. Let's do it together. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Thanks, baby. Um, no matter what, we are doing this. So I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, we're, we're moving forward. The question is, is are we going to do it together? Um, I was telling the team this morning, um, Eric and I and the team that came to plant the well, uh, we didn't set out to to see this happen. Last week, how many of you were here in service last week? Uh, We talked about seeing trees. That's all we saw. And uh, we didn't know what this was going to turn into, Uh, lest anyone think that uh, we're just driving and trying to build this monstrosity of a church. That's not our hope. Um, But what I've just in, in times of prayer and working with our board and working with our staff, um, obviously God's desiring to do something here. Come on, I said obviously God's desire to do something here. And so because of that, we want to be great stewards of it. We do not want to and will not bury our talent in the ground. And so we're going to be a church that continues to have our doors flung wide open to the anybody and the everybody who calls the valley home. Uh, And uh, for those Californians who are calling Utah home now, um, (laughs) come on, can I get an amen in church today? (laughs) Um, But we really believe that this is going to be the best way to steward resource, to steward time, to steward energy, to, to steward people. And I think uh, at at the end of the day, I like, we're just pumped to do something that's a little bit creative and it's gonna be a lot of fun. So if you have a gift in worship and stuff like that or technology, come on, get get on team. We're gonna need all the greeters, all the kids, people. And uh, I believe that 2023 is gonna be an amazing year as we press into everything that Jesus has for us. Amen? Come on, can I get an amen in church today? All right. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter one, verses one to nine. Will you hang with me just a little bit longer? He knew it was coming. Is that all right? Can we keep the piano player? I just want some mood music today. I think it's going to come in handy in just a second. John chapter 1 verses 1 to 9 says this, in the beginning was the word. I love, I lo- sorry, I love this scripture. If you ever were to read a theologically thick and powerful piece of scripture that informs much of our doctrine and theology, it is this opening few verses from John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him and apart from him Not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. This is what we're going to focus on today. In him was life, and that life was the light. Everybody shout light. Light. It was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, come on, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man but of God. Today as we continue on the series of the invitation, I want to speak to you from the subject it's never that dark. It's never that dark. As we look at the invitation to step into the light. We pray with me just one more time. Father, we thank you for your word today. It's alive, it's active, it's powerful. It has the ability to transform us from the inside out and so God, we declare your word to be truth today. Yeah. And it's that truth that sets us free. It's that truth that brings light to our life. And so, God, would you light us up today? Our minds, our hearts, souls, would it all be submitted to you today as we hear from your word? In Jesus' mighty name, come on and everybody shouted. Amen. Everybody shouted. Amen. Here's the question I want to ask you today In the history of the world, What is the greatest statement ever made? Think about it. It's a big question. In the history of the world, what is the greatest statement that has ever been made? And if we're honest, that's a hard question to answer because there's a lot, isn't there? From statements pronouncing freedom and justice to statements of faith and progress, statements that have shaped nations and people groups to statements of poetry and power. How many of you would agree with me that statements shape things? Yeah. Come on. How many of you would agree with me that statements shape things? Yeah. How many of you agree with me that words shape things? Yeah. I believe that the greatest statement ever made went like this: "Let there be light." Yeah. Yeah. What would have it been like to been here? Could you imagine the words thundering through the unformed uniform, universe let there, let, there let there be light 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 Come on someone say let there be Let there be and for many of us right now we might have a predisposition to believing that this was formed from chaos. <laughs> Some of us believe that an explosion took place out of out of nowhere. I'm not trying to minimize scientific Uh, understanding and grandeur, I actually think faith and science work together, but I happen to believe in the creative account that we find at the beginning of God's word, that the word was before all things, and he said, let there be light. And this was formed. It came out of a word. It came from love. One of my most favorite pictures these guys are going to throw up right now, it's called the Pillars of Creation. This was seen through the Hubble Telescope. This stands in grandeur within the universe. And I'm sorry, but this morning I do not believe that random acts of chaos put this into motion. I do not believe that random acts of chaos with just a push in one percent of an access direction or another, everything falls apart. It is the creative word of God that holds everything together. I wonder what it would have been like to hear the the echo of those words as, as seas parted and land was shifted and things were created and something known as man, humanity, was formed from the dust. As breath was Breathed into humanity, and it started with let there be, come on somebody, yes. that's where it started. So if we know that everything started with a statement like let there be light, I think it's important that we examine light. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think it's important that we understand what it means to be people of the light. See, there's something incredibly disorienting about darkness, isn't there? There's something incredibly overwhelming about darkness. You experience it when you're out in the wilderness somewhere away from the flame of the fire and without a light. And if we're honest with ourselves, darkness is scary. Come on, somebody. It creates insecurity, it creates instability, and it causes us to lose our bearings, That's darkness, but light. Come on, have you ever woken up in the middle of the night to a dark room, and you're disoriented, and you you, you trip over the things that are there, and you bump into walls, and you wake up your wife because you're noisy because you can't see? Come on, that's me. Darkness is difficult, isn't it? I wouldn't be saying anything profound when I say that darkness is difficult to survive in. Physiologically speaking, we need light to survive. I lived in Seattle for most of my life, and if you're from the Northwest, you know that you need some light to survive. They have more tanning beds per capita in that state than anywhere because of that issue. See, we're not meant to live or find our way in the dark. And I think what is true physiologically is true for us spiritually. Light is the spiritual position that one is designed for in Christ Jesus right, right. this is the invitation that's given to you and me through Christ see the problem at times is that you and I we get overly discouraged by the darkness that is in and around us come on somebody you been there and this is why we're invited by Jesus into the light one of the most famous quotes about light is brought to us from the great Martin Luther King Jr. when he said darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. Come on, there's something that only light can do, and that's drive out darkness. Darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can. So we got to talk about light, someone shout light. See, the truth and the veracity of this statement go unmatched and it's, this was the point that John was making as he penned the first nine verses of his book. The intermixture of concepts like life and light were central to his writing and would be the focus of his writing as he would tell us in John chapter 20, verse 31, this powerful statement. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in his book, but these are written so that we may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. The Son of God, and that by believing, listen to this, that you may have life in His name. Come on, I said that we may have life in His name. How many of you would agree with me that life is only found in Jesus? Come on, how many of us have experienced new life in Jesus? Come on, how many of us have experienced freedom in Jesus? How many of us have experienced the torment of our mind being relinquished because we came to Jesus or the anxiety going down or the body being healed or the marriage being restored? Why? Because of Jesus. Someone shout light. The Bible clearly states that there is a battle between light and darkness. Is that all right if we preach like this today? Does that work for everybody? And while it tends to always look like darkness is winning, The Bible clearly assures us that it has not and cannot and will not. Because John writes in John chapter 1 verse 9 that light shines in the darkness and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Now there's something to understand about this word overcome. It's a powerful word because in other translations and within the Greek, this word overcome actually means doesn't comprehend or understand it. So not only does darkness not have the ability to overcome light, darkness doesn't understand or comprehend light. Come on, somebody. So light light is constantly pushing back darkness, as dim as that light may be, as small as that light may be. We need to understand that darkness cannot win. It will not win. It doesn't have the power to win. Why? Because it doesn't comprehend light. It doesn't understand light. It doesn't understand the voice that said, let there be light. So that's why when you and I are facing darkness today and we are in the midst of it, all we have to do is pray to the God who made light. It's light. I love light. Come on, does anybody else love light? It's as simple. Concerning this main introduction and thesis to John's entire book, Gary Vanderet puts it like this. He says this, Writing in the Holman New Testament commentary, John intends that the entire book be read in light, no pun intended, of this verse. The deeds and the words of Jesus are the deeds and the words of God. Why are we talking about this right now? Well, this Christmas season, we have to understand that it's that it's about the arrival of God. The same God who stood at the beginning of all things, descended lived in an incarnate light, he put on flesh and he dwelt among us. That same word that said, let there be light, is the same word that said, it is finished. The The same word that uttered, let there be light, is the same word that uttered forgiveness and grace and mercy and love, it's the same. And darkness didn't understand it. Could you imagine being the devil? He thought he won darkness is brown. Darkness is pushing forward. Darkness is encroaching and all of a sudden it is finished. Light pushing back darkness. Light pushing back the darkness in my soul and in your soul. The light of the cross. The light of his grace. The light of his goodness. His name is Jesus. Light and life correspond with each other because the light is needed for us to flourish. And this is the truth that we find in the narrative of creation in Genesis. We see God's first creative task was to institute light. Someone shout light. light. Kenneth Gangle writes concerning this issue in the Holman New Testament commentary. He says, creation is a foundational doctrine of the Christian faith. Virtually every other aspect of theology rests upon our understanding of God as the origin of all life and the role of Jesus Christ, the Word in creation. John could hardly say it more clearly. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Everything from subatomic particles to ga- particles to galaxies. Only God who created all things can redeem them. Creation is the foundation stone of the gospel. Christ could not have been created for he created all things. There was a historical Jesus, but this terminology refers only to his 33 years on earth. His life had no beginning and it will have no end. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the name above all names. Come on somebody, his name is Jesus. Sorry, I get excited in this stuff because this is what this is what it all hangs on. This is what everything hinges on. Christmas means nothing without let there be light. Christmas means nothing without the arrival of our savior. It is about Jesus. It is for Jesus. It is through Jesus. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 to 4 says this long ago God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. And in these last days, someone shout last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature sustaining all things by his powerful word. And if that wasn't good enough, after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So he became superior to the angels just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. Yeah. <whistles> Come on, does anybody love the Bible? Yeah. Is it all right if we just work through the Bible? <laughs> Jesus will testify about himself being light later on in John chapter eight, verse 12. He says this, Jesus spoke to them again. I am the light. Come on, someone shout light. light. I'm the light of the world. Amen. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Come on Jesus As I was prepping this message this week, I was not prepared for what was gonna be done on my heart. You know, if ministers of the gospel, which all of us are, if we've put our faith, hope, and trust in Jesus, if we're not careful, we can become professional Christians. If we're not careful, we can attend church services weekly to fulfill our religious duty. If we're not careful, we can open up the the book, the word of God, and we can read it as a study habit, and they can become words that are just words and a litany of other words that have been said across history, placed once again on our bookshelf to collect dust because we heard the first thing that, for God so loved the world. And we passively walk through this life and this vapor that the Bible calls our life. And if we're not careful, the word of God, the same word that put light into the universe and has given us grace and mercy and forgiveness, that word can be dumbed down and mean nothing to us anymore. And so I'm studying this week, and I gotta tell you, church, I was once again just in that place where I was like, I was remembering that day that God fully arrested my heart. He fully arrested my mind. It was before the stages, and it was before the lights, and it was before the congregation. It was that, that place of darkness that I was in, and then he uttered, let there be light. I wonder if you remember that day. The day God moved into the neighborhood, mm. the day that God took up residence, do you remember that day? Yeah. Do you remember the day that darkness couldn't comprehend it and didn't understand it? Because I'm just telling you, if you remember that day. I've got no other option but to rejoice. I've got no other option to sing. I've got no other option but to tell people about the light. So with all of this talk concerning light and life and the light that Christ offers and offers to us, I think it's important for us to consider some very powerful and practical truths offered to us. And this is what I want to spend the remainder of our time focusing on today. At the beginning of his book, John offers us three important truths concerning light that, when understood, change the way that we live this life and walk out our journey of faith. I promise you, if we step into the light, if we accept the invitation to step into the light, life will change change your life will change I don't care if you've been a Christian for 37 seconds or 37 years your life will change come on I said your life will change that's what light does it changes the room first one's this every shot number one illumination is the purpose of light I know that was super deep all my Bible college career that's where that went Illumination is the purpose of light. John chapter 1 verse 4 says this, In him was life, and that life was the light of man. What amazes me is that we want the life that Christ offers without the light that comes with it. Let me me, me say that one more time. We want the life that Christ offers without the light that comes with it. See, the life that Christ offers us includes light, and that light is meant to illuminate. This is why the enemy of our soul works so hard to keep us from Christ, because when we receive life and light, what was hiding and thriving in darkness is exposed by way of illumination. I used to live in Australia. That's where I went to college. And um, we were relatively, I mean, we weren't like the cleanest pack of young adults. I lived with five guys, myself, a New Zealander, a German, um, and then two other Americans, Five guys in this house, it was a three story home, and I love this house. It was in the middle of downtown Sydney. It was like a kind of a brownstone house like you would see in san francisco and man, that house was that, that house was bananas, a bunch of Bible college students running around. We had all of our we had, we had it just going five guys in the house, and i'll never forget one evening i had my bedroom on the third floor of this, of this home and I walked all the way down the stairs tripping over myself, it was dark, and I walked into the kitchen and I remember flipping the light on in the kitchen and I saw something that made me lose my mind. And upon flipping on this light, I saw the floor move. Ugh. Roaches I can't even. I had my first experience with a huntsman spider in Australia. Just on my leg. I kid you not. Board shorts eating spaghetti. So I flipped on the light and these roaches scattered. And I was like, no, uh uh-uh. uh, in the name of Jesus, be healed. <laughs> Now, our our, our house wasn't that dirty. And we were trying to figure out how did this this happen. Well, what had happened is before everybody went to bed, one of our friends had had some cereal. And he left just a little bit of cereal that had fallen onto the counter and onto the floor out without picking it up. Just the tiniest of, of crumbs. The smallest of crumbs. And when the light went out, all of darkness <laughs> jumped on those crumbs that's the thing about darkness is if you leave a little crumb from it for it, wow. it it'll go after it some of us want to pick and choose when we flip the light on in our Christian life and when we flip the light off And our Christian, can I tell you that the light is not meant to be flipped on or off. The light is meant to to be on at all times. Why? Because it is the the light that God said, let there be. Y'all with me this morning? So the, the purpose of light is to illuminate the darkness, to expose what is thriving in the dark. And once we have the light on, I get to pick up the crumbs. I saw this little shredded wheat biscuit on the ground. So I said to my friend, I said, you come come here. Come here. Is this your biscuit? Because your biscuit almost got our house burnt down. That will light it on fire right now. <laughs> See, once we knew what was there, we were empowered to remedy it. Yeah, to put the things in place to ensure that things could no longer thrive in the dark. Paul the Apostle will give us a lengthy, disc- a lengthy discourse on this issue John in Romans chapter one verses twenty to twenty-three he says this: For his invisible, invisible attributes—that is, his eternal power and divine nature—has been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. And as a result, people are without excuse, for though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless, and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, isn't it interesting that we try to use wisdom to replace light? Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. Therefore, God delivered them over in the desires of their hearts to sexual impurity so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served what has been created instead of the creator, who is praised forever, amen. So this is what Paul tells us. If you study Romans out that we just read, Paul tells us where there is no illumination, we lack the ability to glorify God. Where there is no illumination, we lack the ability to show and express gratitude Where there is no illumination, our thinking becomes worthless. Where there is no illumination, our hearts remain darkened. Where there is no illumination, we find ourselves in confusion, verse 22. Where there is no illumination, we direct glory to created things rather than the creator of things. Where there is no illumination, we degrade and defile ourselves through unrestrained and misdirected desire. Where there is no illumination, we serve lies rather than truth. Someone shall light. These are the symptoms of no illumination. But where there's illumination, life thrives and flourishes. It's in this vein that Paul would write one of the most thundering statements about this truth of illumination. Listen to what he writes in 2 Corinthians 4, verses seven all the way through to 18. He says, now we have this treasure, light in jars of clay, so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We will always carry the death of Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus may also be displayed in our body. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that Jesus' life may also be displayed in our mortal flesh. So then, death is at work in us, but life is in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith in keeping with what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we will also believe and therefore speak. For we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you indeed everything is for your benefit so that as grace extends through more and more people it may cause thanksgiving to increase to the glory of God what he's saying is light keeps on moving as light is extended to more and more people the only person that gets glory is God the only person that should receive praise is God. come on somebody his name is Jesus Illumination. Someone shout light. Light. Number two, simple one. Darkness shapes the context for light. John 1, 5 says this, that, that light shines in the darkness. You see, far too often Christians run from dark places in order to keep themselves free and clear from them. But the problem is that darkness shapes the context for light. Hear me when I say this, light is meant to shine in dark places. Come on, I said light is meant to shine in dark places. And this means that as followers of Jesus, we have to be big enough and secure enough in our faith to be able to bring light into dark places. We should find ourselves in every sphere that we can in order to be light, not have our light extinguished. J.R.R. Tolkien writes in The Hobbit there and back again, darkness cannot be seen, cannot be felt, cannot be heard, cannot be smelt. It lies behind stars and under hills and empty holes it fills. It comes first and follows after, ends life and kills laughter. And if we're honest, this is why we are afraid of darkness. Isn't it? I think Jay... Our Tolkien had it right when he said these things. This is what darkness is, and that's why we're afraid of it. Here's the indictment. One of the greatest reasons that Christians fear dark places is because they are not strong enough to stand in them without being shaped by them. Can we, can we go deep this morning? Yeah. We're afraid of dark places because we're afraid we'll be shaped by them. But here's the problem. And here's the truth, when I'm light, yeah. darkness can't shape me. <laughs> when I have the light of Christ, darkness can't, I can walk into I can walk into situations and I'm light. Yeah. We gotta be big enough in our faith yeah. and in our journey with Jesus to be light. Here's the truth, write this down. Light is mightier than the anger and violence of darkness. So when we serve, we bring light to the dark. When we pray, we give light to the dark. When we give, we bring light to the dark. When we worship, we bring light to the dark. When we love, we bring light to the dark. When we forgive, we bring light to the dark. When we stand, when we can't stand anymore, we bring light to the dark. When we just point to Jesus, we bring light to the dark. Number three, last one's this. Every shot, number three. It's never that dark where light is John chapter one, verse five, says this, yet the darkness did not overcome it. I want to show you something that I was thinking about. The team's going to help me out with this. and Please, no one move right now because it's about to get dangerous. <laughs> Team, if you can uh, drop everything for me. I want to show you that it's never that dark. Because when I have light, darkness is encroaching upon it. When Seth has light, darkness is still encroaching upon it. And when Erica has light, and when Andrew has light, and when Kaisa She'll get her light on in a second. <laughs> and when D has light, come on, is anybody else with, with light in the room? So I wanna, I wanna show you how this works out. Because it's never as dark as you think it is. Because the, the job of light is to illuminate. Come on, if you got your phone or your iPad or if you have a tactical flashlight, turn it on. <laughs> On, I just I want, I want you to see this, because where there's, where the, it's, never as, it's never as dark as you think that it is. But you have to decide to let that light shine. And the more of us that decide to let our lights shine, the more that a dark world is illuminated. See, so it didn't take this big team to turn on all these house lights, and you're all of a sudden in a dark place, darkness was pushed back, and it can no longer overcome because lights started to, to shine. Come on, is there anybody is there any more lights in the room today that have the ability to shine in dark places? Why? Because it's never as dark as you think that it is. It's good. And this is why we go back to Sunday school. Hide it behind a bush no way. <laughs> I'm gonna let it shine. That's good. That's the word of God. For some of us this message is simple and yet for some of us it's deeply profound. I ask the team to turn the lights back on. Someone shot light. Christmas is about light, not twinkling lights on a tree, not lights streamlined with Trans-Siberia Orchestra, although fun, not the Thanksgiving point lights, it's about the light that came into the world because God God said, let there be, God said, let there be, God said, let there be, Here's my hope for you and for me this Christmas season. Is that before anything else? That these next few weeks and moving into 2023 we will be about the light. Yes. The invitation last week was to step into full body faith. The invitation this week is to step into the light in Jesus mighty name. And everybody shouted, I want to invite everybody to stand to your feet right now as we get ready to close. Jesus. I'm asking to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes in this moment. I want to ask you a question. I know some of our team is popping out, so if everybody else can just stay still for the next few minutes. Have you invited that light the life and light of Jesus into your life. Because he is the light and life of men and women. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're gonna pray a prayer today. And there's nothing fancy in these words, but rather the heart from which these words come. In other words, today might be your moment where as we repeat these words together, in your heart and in your mind, you are saying, Jesus, I'm accepting your gift of grace and I want to follow you. And if that's you today, make this your prayer. I want to invite all of us to just say it out loud today so we don't leave anybody alone. Come on, as loud as we can, would you repeat these words after me? Everybody say, Jesus. I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you my past, I'm giving you my right now, and I'm putting my future in your hands. Save me, change me, make me new. I declare in this moment that I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. Today, I'm repenting. I'm turning from my ways and I'm following your ways. Thank you for life and light and grace and forgiveness of sins. In Jesus' mighty name,